Welcome to another episode of Career Library, the place where real people talk about real life careers. Now let me introduce to you your host in the red trunks weighing in at 220 pounds, the lean, mean, colorful commentator and intricate interviewer, the awesome and entrepreneurial Chris Hold the Phones, it's Jones. Welcome to another episode of Career Library. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and we have a special guest with us today, Gene Mbog. Uh, he's a pilot for one of the uh, major airlines, and so excited to have him on and to interview him. So just introduce my guest here, Gene. And uh, Gene, if you wouldn't mind just uh, sharing with us a little bit about your background and how you grew up and, uh, how, you know, and that, that type of stuff. Chris, uh, thank you for inviting me, and um, that's a wonderful question. Uh, almost all the time being asked the same question because I have the accent. Uh, you already noticed that on the audience. So it's a pleasure for me to uh, basically share my pathway here very quick. Um, so I'm from Cameroon in Africa originally. So that was our born and uh, I've been in the U.S. for 21 years. But one thing that brought me uh, to the U.S. was just uh, chasing a dream, a, a childhood dream. And uh, growing up, um, if I recall clearly, we didn't have the same opportunity growing up. Okay. So I basically have to work my way up. And uh, the good thing is uh, my parents always push for education. I'm the number one on a family of four. So I have uh, three siblings. Hmm. But unfortunately, uh, life, I took, um, took two siblings away. So I'm just left with my younger sister. And... Um, Again, I think that uh, education and uh, whatever the parents ingrain at the little age by showing us the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do, you mm -hmm. just build up from there and make decisions from there. And uh, at the end, you're going to be successful. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So did you uh, get your grade school education in Cameroon? or? Yes, uh, that's a good question. Uh, so when I came to the U.S., I was just uh, I joined uh, the college at the junior level. So I brought almost all the way up to uh, two years of university from outside that I converted uh, to the U.S. system just to join um, uh, the U.S. system at the junior level. Okay, okay. And then, um, so you're, I guess, what, the equivalent of high school, you, uh, high school in Cameroon, is it a lot like the high school here in the U.S., or is it a lot different, or? is a lot different. Okay. And... Uh, if I have to uh, probably uh, make a statement today, mm -hmm. I think it was much easier for me when I got here because what I was learning back then, just think about um, you were in 2021 and Cameroon City used the book like in 1930, 35, hmm. where the, probably the science or the math or even if you learn English, is kind of old and it's kind of really hard. Okay. Because the opportunity is, is, is not there. So what we learned is, is a big gap. So when I came here and I'm in college and I see my peers taking like algebra, mm -hmm. I was like, I learned this six, seven years ago. Okay. So, so you, that's, that's a gap right there. So you had an advantage then. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it was much easier for me coming from the outside. And I think uh, talking to some uh, people today is still a gap there. Folks that are coming from the outside are kind of advanced compared to the U.S. education system. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then um, coming from Cameroon, and did you know what you wanted to 
do when you came to the U.S. to go to university? Yes. I mean, again, it's a childhood dream, and mm -hmm. um, I always wanted to be a pilot. But initially, um, I was aiming to be like a doctor at the youngest age. Watching one show one day uh, because I wanted to be a surgeon because I think uh, what really attracted me was just the uniform. And back in the days, me growing up, now maybe today everything has changed. I see a lot of doctors with different type of color. But a surgeon in my culture or whatever I knew was the one wearing like a green uniform. Hmm. And he was the top-notch guy. And I recall like watching the type of show like ER, emergency room in the state, where I don't want to say it's God, but everything gravitated around that person. Mm -hmm. And I want to be that person. But... Again, I was watching a show because that surgeon did so many, so many surgery. He was young. I think he was around like 45 years of age. And he started having like a handshake kind of disease. Hmm. He couldn't do surgery. I was like, ah, that's too early to end his career. So I got to switch to something else. And then the pilot thing just come across my mind. And I was like, yeah, that's nice. I want to be a pilot. Okay. So I know what to do. And I'm just going to press on. Yeah, I wanted to be a, a pilot when I was younger and I just got some bad information. Okay. And so uh, I wanted to go in the Air Force, I wanted to be a pilot. Mm -hmm. And the information that I had gotten from my high school counselor and a combination of my parents, and I think it was just ignorance on both the parts. Not, you know, not, I'm not saying they were stupid, they were just ignorant, they didn't know. And so uh, the counselor at the school said I had to have a letter from a congressman and a senator from the state of Ohio uh, wow. endorsing me to, uh, to go to the Air Force Academy. And the Air Force Academy was the only way that I could go. I could have no physical uh, disabilities. I couldn't wear glasses. And I had to be, you know, physically fit and this, that, and the other. And uh, they made it seem like it was just virtually impossible. And mm -hmm. so later on in life, you know, of course, you know, after having the wife and the kids and later on just looking at it, I found out that, uh, yeah, you don't need all that. And so kind of uh, share with us your journey to becoming a pilot. And I know it was a long one for you. And so if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about that journey and what it took, and then uh, we can go from there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long journey. Again, uh, it started in Cameroon. And um, for you to go outside, let's say you want to go have a higher education somewhere, mm -hmm. you need to meet some criteria. So for me to probably come to the U.S. and hey, you know, I want to be a pilot in the U.S., I have to meet some criteria because just for you, when are you looking at the immigration side of the business uh, to get a visa, say, hey, I want to come to university, they want to check your education background to make sure you meet the minimum, the required minimums and stuff like that. So I meet all those requirements. Now, Prior to that, I have not touched an airplane mm. at all. So I have no clue. So I get to the U.S. 21 years ago. Folks that I'm taking class, like a flying lesson, mm -hmm. they're already ahead of me. Okay. Because they probably start at 16. They have access to go to any uh, what we call uh, FBOs, so fixed-base operator. You know, around the airport, you have the major airport where passenger comes in, but sometime around, you got, like, the business side of it, mm -hmm. and you got the general aviation side of it. So everybody can walk in. You want to rent an airplane just probably for a birthday. Guess what? People have access. I don't have that access in Cameroon. So I got to work my way through. So the technique that I use, I was going to college in Daytona Beach. The technique that I use next door to the college, it was an airport. Hmm. And I got hired to work at the airport as just a regular customer service. So I did baggage handling, 
at the, the customer service I was selling tickets like the back in the days we were able to do that it was not somewhere else like on the on the web or online where you buy your ticket by yourself mm-hmm. it was kind of old-fashioned way so that would keep me engaged with my dream because I could have get a job somewhere else hmm. but that would disconnect me in terms of focusing mm-hmm. so what I did that's what I did here when I was in the state so now Usually, it depends if you have the financial means, you can make it happen as quick as you want based on what you have in your pocket. Mm-hmm. That was not my case. So I have to work license after license. What I mean about that is like, okay, you want to be private pilot, for example. So you're going in, you say, okay, those are the requirements, and this is how much it would cost you. Okay. I step back, I go and work. Six, seven months, nine months, raise that money, get that money, go do the flight, burn that money, get the license, and move on to the next deal again. So it takes you longer that way. But at the end of the day, when I'm sitting here today, for my peers that got done probably five, six years prior to me, we're all the same. Because the license does not have something ingrained saying, okay, you know what? It took you 10 years, it took you two years to get this. This is your license. It's like a driver license. Some people are sharp enough to get the driver license at 16. Some people are waiting until 25. Mm-hmm. So, again, it, it goes down to the individual. It goes down to the motivation. It goes down to the determination you have mm-hmm. and what you really try to do for yourself. Because at the end of the day, I'm a parent today, but at the end of the day, I think that our role as a parent is to show to our kids the good the bad. Mm-hmm. So they take that and the wall is open. My time, the wall was not open. We didn't have no podcasts. We didn't have any internet mm-hmm. that I can know exactly what happened on the other side of the planet. Mm-hmm. But today, the communication is there. So the wall is open. So whatever you decide to do, I think that if you put, again, the determination in that, you put all your energy, your strength, driven by whatever dream, whatever crossing your mind, you can see the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, so it took you about 20 years, you would say, to get your uh, combination of trying to pay everything, uh, pay it? I mean, in terms of training, because you have <clears throat> three to four basic licenses, like any pilot can have, if I have to give a quick description. So everything starts with a private pilot license and then followed by what we call instrument ratings. Because private, okay, you can fly when everything is beautiful, but now if you start raining and the visibility, uh, you can all see the sky, so you have to revert to something else, so you start looking at your instruments. So now, you want to fly smoothly, you want to go to the airline and stuff like that, you got to grab a commercial license. So when you get your commercial license, back in the days, it was easy just to probably to start flying for the airline because the requirement, our minimum was not mandated after uh, the issue that we have with the Colgan uh, crash in uh, Buffalo, New York. Right, so they raise the minimum for you to be able to join the airline. You need at least one thousand five hundred hours in term of experience. So the best route, that's the route I took, is to become an instructor. Because when you become an instructor, you stop paying for your license. Now you teach. You're just a teacher. You're teaching someone else. So you're gonna build your hours that way. And now the transition from that standpoint is to join the regional airline. So small commuter, fifty seater. 20-seater, 19-seater, you build your experience that way. So when you get done with that, now you're marketable, 
mm -hmm. to deal with the major airline. Okay. So you got choice. You just send your resume left and right based on the culture that you want to be in. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're like, your paperwork, they will invite you. Okay. And you just have to go ahead and again and sell yourself. Yes, sir. That sales is the key to life, I think. Yeah. <laughs> just so just sell, sell yourself, sell yourself. Tell them yeah. mm -hmm. uh, what you're capable, and they will listen to you and see if you uh, will merge with the culture and if you meet what they are looking for. So looking back, I know we hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, looking back, if you could change uh, the way you did it, what would you change, if anything? Looking back, I mean, if I have to change something on my path, I mean, that's, that's a really wonderful question. And I think that being in a state by myself without the parents, I don't want to say that hurt me because I already had, uh, again, what I call the basic uh, surviving tools that my parents gave to me. Being, okay, this is good. You can recognize that. This is bad. You can recognize that. But if I didn't have to deal with some extra things outside because I know that, hey, daddy, you take care of that. Mom, you deal with that. You pay this bill. I'm just here. I go to school. I would be really effective and I would be really efficient. But I basically had to build all that. Okay. And it's not something happening overnight. It's right. not you come to a system saying, okay, you know what? You don't have mom or dad anymore to pay bills or to cook for you. You just, your only thing you have to do is to go to school. If I had that, I think I would achieve a lot of stuff uh, as quick as possible. Faster. Okay. So what would you recommend to our young listeners that are aspiring to be a pilot? They want to, they, they've seen, the, they've flown in planes, they like the airlines, and they want to be where you're at today on one of the major airlines. What uh, path would you tell them or advise them to take? And what may be some pitfalls or things that you thought was, when you were looking at it, that was glamorous to you that are, aren't so glamorous now, I guess? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a wonderful question, Chris. Um, one thing that uh, I want to make sure that every dreamer understand, one thing, you, you don't have to rush. We didn't have time to do a lot of research in my time when I started this journey. So... I would probably believe what I see or what I hear from any professional that is ahead of me or more experienced because I didn't have something to verify whatever I was saying. So my advice, if I have to do that back again and technically change something on that specific area to be probably more efficient will be number one, do a lot of research. You got a dream, you got to drive, you know exactly what you want. Do a lot of research. And then the second thing that we say, because being a pilot is just getting like a driver license. What I mean by that, based on what you try to achieve because you're drawing your life, I don't, I don't have to come to you and say, okay, how high you want to go with this? You got to know that. Now, if you tell me, hey, you know, I want to be a professional airline pilot. Now, I will tell you, okay, for you to be a professional airline pilot, those are the requirements. Those are what the companies are looking for. Because, again, you can be 16, but you know exactly what XYZ company is looking for because it's a public information. So if they ask you A, B, C, D, mm -hmm. 
you got to go out there and look for A, B, C, D and bring that to their face. And that's, that's something that uh, it's interesting that you point that out. That's something that I taught my, my uh, children is, one, find out what the job pays. Because yep. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I mean, you could do uh, you could love painting, but if you can't sell a painting, then yeah, you can't eat. Yep. You're literally a starving artist. And number two, um, find out what the company that you want to work for is looking for. Yeah, they may not be looking for a four year degree. They may be looking for a four year degree in a very specific area with this kind of accolade on the side. And mm -hmm. so finding that those things out prior to allows you the opportunity to step ahead of the class. Uh, exactly. so, that, so that when you put this stuff on your resume, they go, okay, that's exactly the type of person we're looking for. And I think that a lot of that is lost in the uh, career development in our day and age with uh, the young folks. That's yeah, really I mean, I, I, I agree. Um, again, Chris, um, I reached a point where, you know, I probably achieve what I want to do for my own life. So I got plenty of time. Mm -hmm. And what I usually do is go to speak to, to schools, either high school or middle schools. And I want to pick the brain to see where they're at at the specific time of their life. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just going there shiny, looking good, with a uniform, say, hey, I'm successful. Mm -hmm. I'm making million dollars. Right. You see what I'm saying? I say, okay, where you at? Where you want to achieve? So I kind of help the teacher. I kind of help the system by educate or re-educate them just to have another point of view. Okay? It's not just what they learn at the school. I grew up where, you know, you live somewhere, and yeah, I got my father and I got my mother. But I got probably 10 fighters. I probably have 10 mothers because you're learning from every single person around you in the area where you live between your aunties. Like, it takes the whole entire village to raise a child. Right. And it's up to you to take every single advice or every single tricks that someone is giving to you and use it to be ahead of the game. Again, um, a pilot license, again, is like a driving license. That does not require to be Einstein. Right. I mean, I came, I would call myself like I was Einstein coming to the U.S. because we discussed about that, that whatever I learned, right. it was way before what they are learning here. Right. So I was ahead of, in terms of education. But the people that trained me, they were qualified in training. They were pilots. They didn't even have a degree like me. They didn't even have a background, educational background, coming from Cameroon, Africa. Right. I was book smart. I can eat them alive if it comes down to the book. But they were good, what we call stick and rod. They were technical. Okay. And the good example today, I'm finding myself, okay, I own a house and, you know, I can change the light bulb. That's easy. But when it comes down probably to go beyond the drywall and do something fancy, I'm not technical. Mm -hmm. I'm not a handyman. And I'm like, at the end of the day, I think I should have probably learned to be a handyman because then I got to call someone and pay someone when I could do that myself, right? Because those kind of training is the same thing, like a pilot, those kind of training as like, okay, use your hand and just steer left, steer left, right, and go up, go down. Right. So that's just the way I see that. Good. But again, at the end of the day, it depends what you want to achieve. This was my path, this is what I wanted. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if someone wants exactly what I want, yeah, I can help you out. But if you want something different, yeah, I can give you advice. So that's just what I see. Absolutely. And then um, as far as expectations on finances, I know that you said that you were a, a training instructor for a little while, a regional airline pilot, and now you're a major airline pilot. Um, ballpark figures, you know, I don't want to get into all your business, but could you share with our audience what is the realistic expectation of those, each of those positions as you move up uh, the chain to, uh, to commercial airline pilot? Yes, um, that's, that's not a big deal. I, I can share that. One thing that the audience not to understand, okay, they're probably young, they're probably 16, they're probably 17, some of them will understand, is the supply-demand game. Me growing up, I knew nothing about the supply-demand game. I knew that, hey, you want to be making a lot of money, you need to go to a major airline. Otherwise, you're not going to make any money. So during my pathway, that was exactly what was designed. So when you're an instructor, just think about you just a teacher teaching in middle school or high school. You probably earn $100. Now, if you move from the middle school or high school and you're going teaching college, guess what? you're going to probably earn $500. So you're $500 a week, $100 a day? or Yes. We, 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 in terms of flying, in terms of pilot, in terms of teaching, it goes by the hour. It's no salary. Okay. So whatever hour that you put in and you regulate by the Federal Aviation Administration, they say, okay, you can only work this much because of the safety of the public. You cannot overwork. It's no overtime. It's not such thing that you can just kill yourself to, for work. So you get paid by the hours, and then you got boundaries. Mm-hmm. By kind of like kind of like a truck driver, you exactly you can't, you can't because the DOT, so many hours Department of, of Transportation, mm-hmm. regulate how okay. many hours you can drive per day, how many hours you can drive per month. Same thing. Ex- with flying. Same thing, like you're flying. So your earning initially will be really low. Really low. So I always advise anybody: don't come here because you lick at the end result, mm-hmm. and the end result will fool you. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting there, all the investment that you put prior to that is just loss. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, don't come in here because you want to make some money. Come in here because you're passionate. Come in here because you dream and you want to achieve mm-hmm. that. By the time you get to your end result, everything just going to come to place, and you can make a lot of money based on the demand and supply. Because if one of them in that equation is not aligned well, they can decide, hey, you know what, we pay you this much because we don't have the demand. What are you going to do? You're going to walk away? Yes, some people walk away because they were not passionate. They came in for the money. So they're going to revert to something else because they have different skills. Mm-hmm. And that will not be my case. So, so you're looking at $100 an hour as a as a trainer and then uh, as a bigger instructor, you're looking $500 an hour. So that was an example just on a teacher. But in terms of the right number, it's hard to determine the right number because it really depends on the flight school, where you train. Because again, what, would the, what would the range be? You would the range think? be today. Okay, I'm not going to even say today because I, I will start putting some number out there that I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. So a good example, when I came in, as an instructor, I was making $17 an hour. Wow. Okay, we're talking about 2011, 2012, just on the back end of the 2008 issue. Mm-hmm. Okay, so from there, my first job as 
a professional airline pilot, so joining the regional side of it, mm-hmm. I was making $28 an hour. That's amazing. Okay. And then from there, I built up all the way. By the time I exit as a captain, the major, not the major, but the regional airline, I was at $71 an hour. Okay. Today, I'm about $175 an hour. Okay. And it, we keep growing if that supply demand equation is it's still, still aligned. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, at the major or at the regional, you bound it, you attach to unions. Okay. So if the company don't feel good, they're going to go back to the table of negotiation, say, mm-hmm. hey, we don't feel good. Usually it takes time, I mean, to find a common ground. And... But if I stay, what I can tell uh, most of the people, I mean, if you stay and your star keeps shining and you're lucky enough, I might probably end making like $400 an hour wow. by the time I, I hit the retirement. But that's a long, that's a long play. That's, that's, that's a long play. Again, mm-hmm. I don't think that is another industry unless you work for your own self, you become like a businessman and you're really successful and make those numbers spin at your speed or where you can control is something that I don't control, but I control the passion I have behind. Mm-hmm. And when the money comes, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. But I'm enjoying being passionate about aviation than the money. Yes, yes. so that's, uh, that's interesting. How, so how long does it take to get to your 1,500 hours? Um, again, it, it depends what you have, what I call in, in your pocket. You got a financial million? You can, you can make it happen like in two, two years, two, years. Two, okay. and, two and a half, because okay. that's the only thing you're doing. You, you just drink the Kool-Aid and you wake up in the morning, you go in and do that. And fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. No, very good. Very good. So looking back um, over everything you've learned, what, what, was, what surprised you the most about yourself? Um, and what would you say was the best lesson that you learned from another individual in your training coming up? Um, that's, that's, that's wonderful question. The thing that, uh, that surprised me about myself, you know, uh, if someone told me that you're going to be like a resistant, because let's say on a starting line, we were probably 10 mm-hmm. with that same passion. And then when you look at who got to the finish line, you see just probably a few people. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. It's not going to be an easy path. I mean, I don't think that if I have to become a doctor, I would just say, hey, you know what? It would be an easy path. If I want to be a lawyer, it's just going to be an easy path. Everybody's going to come with their own struggle, their own turbulence. But you got to react. And the only thing that will make you react and probably survive all those hurdles will be that passion, that dreaming force. And it's not something that I, I, can, I can teach you. It's not something that I can teach it's that to any individual. I can teach mm-hmm. you what is wrong, what is right. And you're going to get some advice. But that thing needs to come from yourself. you got to build that thing up. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I wish I can give you the, the right formula, mm-hmm. but that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. The rest, yeah, you're going to have all the support. But again, at the end of the day, it's going to be you making that happen. So what was the second uh, question? Just uh, who, who, who um, what surprised you most? Like, uh, was there a teacher or an instructor that really influenced you and kind of like you were, had an aha moment? Okay. Um, 
that's a wonderful question, but I will revert that. I think that I'm lucky enough because I would say the people who truly probably inspire me was my parents. Parents. Um, like that wonderful statement you got here, um, education is not the learning of the facts, but training of the mind to think. That's a powerful statement. That's Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein probably came before myself and yourself and my parents. But my parents was ingraining to us. I mean, you don't even understand, but they would tell you all the time, kids, education is the most important thing in life that will bring you, us as a family, outside of poverty. Meaning what? Okay, I don't probably understand, but maybe if I didn't reach that high level of education, I would probably never become better than my parents. They were saying, hey, the only thing that will bring us out of poverty, you got to go to school. You got to be educated. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I cannot even tell you what does that mean today. But when I look at myself, I probably look at my siblings. Mm-hmm. Maybe we were lucky. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we changed the dynamic of my family. I did better than my father. I did better than my mom. Mm-hmm. So what I want, I want my kids to do better than me. Mm-hmm. So I'm push the same momentum, I'm going to push the same message. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. They, they probably, my kids, they're here, they're born here, right? Mm-hmm. So they're kind of ahead of the game. Right. So they don't want to stop there or they want to be better than me. Right. They want to accomplish everything faster because I show them the tricks that I learned through my path mm-hmm. ways. Yeah, America, we have so much opportunity here. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. And I've lived overseas, and I, you know, and you know it a lot more because you grew up overseas. Yeah. Uh, they, these uh, young folks, I mean, even I, when I grew up, didn't realize what opportunity I really had and how far ahead of the game we really are here in America yep. if we'll just take advantage of it. The problem yep. is, is we just kind of rest on our laurels and we're like, uh, yeah, whatever. And oh my goodness, I, I you know, if I could go back, there's so much I would change. But yep. uh, it's uh, you know, the the good Lord's blessed me and, and put me where I'm at today. And I, you know, I'm just uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's crazy looking back. Uh, yep. You know, but uh, you know, then again, I wouldn't change anything because I the education that I got through my own life is where it, where it, what's got me to where I'm at today. Yep. <laughs> so I mean, absolutely. So. Uh, it's, it's, it's just hard. Again, uh, I was born where I had one system, so I'm kind of lucky because you throw me back to Cameroon or in Africa, I would manage because I have that. Right. And I transitioned prior to the U.S., I transitioned to Europe. You throw me in Europe, I would manage because I got f- some times there and I got few education, so I know how the system works. You bring me to America, I've been here, so I will manage. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm lucky. And a lot of people just have one thing on them. They, 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 they can play that well, but it's really hard. If you have to compete with someone who's been around and have the experience was really ingrained to the culture, really understand the culture, is really hard for you coming from one spot and try to beat that person. Yeah, It's just, it just, it just something simple, and I don't mm-hmm. think that is a miracle. It just like, okay, I just have it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you put me in Africa, I'm gonna give you some answer. I say, hey, go here, go here, go here. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have the experience. I do have the experience. Right. So it's something like a powerful, and I can see that sometimes here when they throw an issue on you and 
you see people like that just been here, never leave, probably the state, and they're like struggling to come up with something. And you're like, oh, no, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, and I learned a lot when I lived overseas and in the military, and so mm-hmm. from other folks, you know, just. Uh, oftentimes there's folks in the States that'll just stay in their same town, grow up yeah. in their same town, never leave their town, work in the same town. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, there's a whole lot of stuff that in this big world that we live in. That, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's important today. I mean, probably yeah. 20 years, 25 years ago. Right. It was kind of different. It was maybe mm-hmm. okay. But I think today it's not okay. It's it, There's a need to explore. And yeah. There's yeah. a need to explore. Go out there and yeah. find out. And I was watching um, uh, every morning. I part of my morning routine. I, I watch uh, videos, uh, motivational videos, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of you know get my positive thinking going. And uh, yesterday, uh, one of the videos that I was watching, uh, a gentleman was talking about careers and jobs and going on vacation. Yeah. So when we go on vacation, we get all excited. We're you know uh, the two days before we're going to go on vacation, we get all of our work done in like half of the day, and we're you know get, thing, get, right? getting everything getting everything together. And when you talk about your passion for flying, I think that probably in my mind you're like that every day. You get to, you yes. get to go to work. You're excited like you're going on you're vacation mm-hmm. because you're going to get to get in that pilot seat and you're going to get to fly that plane to a destination. And, um, you know, and so I think that, you know, like in my career, I, I can come sometimes get flat Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, well, no, I need to challenge myself. I need to step up and make it like exciting again to go to work. And so, but I'm, I'm, my wife will tell you I'm excited. (laughs) It doesn't matter what, what's going on. Uh, but I'm always excited that I'm alive another day. And so, uh, developing that passion that comes from within yeah and it also comes with blocking out a lot of uh negativity in your life Uh from other people Uh, other people will tell you you can't do something or though i I get uh i've got many different business ventures and i'll have people ask me well why are you doing that and to me it's not about the money my goal is to make a difference in other people's lives Uh and so if i can bring happiness to somebody else you know that's what puts a smile on my face and in my heart and so and uh you know that's just my passion and my is a passion for life you know for Uh uh, for helping others and so uh i understand that passion that you feel and if you're out there you know uh say you're middle-aged or whatever and you're working a job and you're just just miserable Monday through Friday and you're drinking on Saturday and Sunday because Monday's coming around again, or, uh, maybe you work six days a week or seven days a week and you're not off on the weekends, whatever the case may be. I just encourage you to take a look and see if there's some other opportunity. I know financial struggles. I've been there. Uh, but yes, see if there's a a change, no, no sense in living like that to get to retirement, to be miserable in retirement. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, uh, I think, uh, most of the people, they, they, they fear to for the change. The change, uh, mm-hmm. if you have to change something in your life, uh, it comes with fears. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's un- unknown, the other side of the line, you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Fear. Could I cross the line? Yeah. So, again, you got to revert and really think about the passion yeah. and really think how you will have that force. What would be the driving force? Make mm-hmm. you just jump the line without even asking someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm just going. Right. I'm just going to go in the water and I'm going to drive and whatever right. I got to do. So you got to get that on you. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it happened overnight. Yeah. It, it takes a it, while it, to build it, up courage. Exactly. It, mm-hmm. it takes time. Mm-hmm. And, take fe- and fear is a mechanism that's there. I mean, 
it's put into us to protect us. Exactly. So, um, you know, like if we're out in, in the, in the woods and we hear a ruffle in the, in the bushes, automatically our yeah. fear sensors come up because it's a protection mechanism that I might either have to fight or I might have to run. Yes. So depending on what's going to come out of the brush. Mm -hmm. And so that that's ingrained into us to help keep us alive. But at the same time, we've got to be a fighter too to overcome the fear mm -hmm. and realize that, oh, that was just a bunny rabbit in the bush. Yeah. So we can't get amped up every time. And I think that uh, fear does stop us from stepping forward and, and making those next steps and, um, and, uh, and to accomplish our goals and, and to seek our passions as fear holds us back a lot, but we can conquer that fear. And uh, I, I had a fear of heights a couple of years ago. And so, I mean, just terrified of heights. I mean, I, I can't, you know, like if I get in a big, tall building and it's glass to the floor to the ceiling, yeah. if I walked over, I'm just like, <laughs> freeze, you know, just <laughs> panicking. Um, could fly all day long. I love being in a plane, mm. but I have stuff that's surrounding me. But if it's all clear and it's open. So I uh, started a Christmas light business last year. Okay. And uh, I watched videos every night. Uh, on my phone, YouTube, before I went to bed, of people on those towers with the big, you know, the big radio towers, yeah, working up there and just looking around down, and my heart would just do, 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 do. <laughs> and so I overcame my fear uh -huh. by just watching videos. And so then I get up on the ladder. I still get shaky every now and then, uh -huh. but now I've overcome that fear in my life. And the next fear I've got to conquer is my fear of snakes. Can't stand snakes. Yeah. But I'm going to work on it. You uh -huh. know. So I'm going to watch some videos on snakes. Come, and, come, come on, Cameroon. We, we're going to fix you. We, we, we're going to fix you up. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, conquering fears is I think it, it is one of the biggest things that holds us back. Yeah. Um, and and we've got so much potential in us, and we can, we don't even realize it. And I think that. Uh, that fear aspect is, you know, is in there and it's... And because you're talking about potential, I mean, the, I think the good thing also uh, is to surround yourself with people who can pump you up mm -hmm. because they can read something off that you probably don't see or it might take you mm -hmm. some time, I mean, for you to figure the thing out. But someone else right. will just, hey, Chris, that's exactly what you got to do and just go. Right. We have blind spots, and yeah. we need to have that peer group around us that kind uh -huh. of there's mentors and helpers that, yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. Surround yourself with so. good people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the questions that I like to ask my, my guest is, if you could put a billboard in front of every high school in America or in Cameroon, okay. what would you put on that billboard? Like a statement, message? Message, mm-hmm. Like when they walk out, they mm -hmm. open the door. I would just say, uh, dream big mm -hmm. and don't let anyone stop you. What I mean by that, maybe dream big and just start to follow the passion. I'm just using uh, the driving force that I create um, into myself. Whatever dream that you have because you dream big, no one can stop you. You can defeat a lot of turbulence that will be in front of you. You can defeat a lot of people that doesn't believe you because you only see something. It's probably a narrow vision. But again, because the folks that doesn't align or they are not inside your vision, they, they, they cannot see what you see. And that should be your driving force.
just dream big. Whatever dream that you have crossing your mind, pursue that. It might take you one day to get to the end of it. It might take you 20 years to get to the end of it. But when you get to the end of it, oh, you, you're so powerful. And you, 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 you wish flash back and say, I'm really glad that I stick to that dream right here. Because you're never going to be miserable like you were describing that earlier. Yes. You're never going to think about something else. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's what I put on a, on a dream big. On, on, on a, on a billboard. Dream big. Just dream I like big. It. I like it. Just dream big. I mean, again, that brain function, mm-hmm. I mean, you're lucky enough. I mean, push that, make it explode for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't think that someone will come to you and say, hey, you know, because you got this imagination going on, you, you are trying to invent something, and they'll be like, okay, you know what? I'm a surgeon. Let me go in there, and I'm going to take that out. Mm-hmm. We, we have not seen, I mean, I have not seen that kind of surgeon come and say, hey, you know what? I will make you dumb, and I'm going to make you stupid. I'm going to just go to your brain and take this section out, and you become dumb and stupid. No. <laughs> I, I have not seen that. Right. I have not seen that doctor taking away a dream from someone's mind or a dream from mm-hmm. someone's brain. Mm-hmm. So dream big. Dream big. I like it. I like it. Yeah. And so, yes, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I forgot about is you have like a, a school or something that you educate young folks uh, in aeronautics and stuff like that. You yes. I mean, I'm part of um, an organization and uh, the vision of the organization is just to uh, basically increase the minority in aerospace. Because the number today we're talking about diversity, equation, and inclusion, mm-hmm. equity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. We never spoke about that. I don't know, probably three, four, five, six, seven, or ten years ago, mm-hmm. but it's a movement today. Mm-hmm. So the organization of Black Aerospace Professionals is 45 years of age. Wow. So back in 1976, three major airline black pilot were sitting in a hotel room and they decided they didn't want to increase the number of minority in aviation, mm-hmm. in aerospace, and they created this organization. Awesome. So I'm part of the organization because I, I truly believe that we all have um, equal opportunity doesn't matter of your skin color, your race, your religion. Mm-hmm. As long as you can dream about something, mm-hmm. my goal or any adults around you mm-hmm. is to push you forward because, again, your timeline, you never know. I mean, when you were born, you don't know if you will stop breathing tomorrow or you're going to stop breathing in 100 years. Right. So when you walk away, from this world, mm-hmm. you need to be remembered like Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. I don't know this guy. Right. But his I, legacy lives on. Exactly. It? <laughs> he legacy. was probably a bad guy <laughs> when he was around people. I, I don't know. But right. the only thing I know is you know, Albert Einstein. Whatever yeah. I'm using today, 
Right. Because he probably sat down, he put stuff together right. for me to be able to use that. Right. So I can decide that, okay, as a human being, you know, I went to my path, you know, I struggled. And I was lucky enough that the dream that I carry really pushed me forward the way I want to be. I can decide just to stay home. I can decide just to go to work and stay home. I don't want to share that with nobody else. I don't want to give advice to someone else. Right. And the day I'm stopped breathing, what truly am I leaving behind? I'm leaving behind. Mm -hmm. What do I do better for the society I was in? Mm -hmm. What do I do better for the people I deal with? Or what do I do better for mm -hmm. the folks that probably I love or I didn't love or dislike? So that's what I'm thinking. I mean, we all should somehow step back and just thinking, what are you leaving behind? Mm -hmm. You can decide to leave something bad. That's, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You can decide to leave something good. But again, there's so many organizations out there. It's like a dream. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't say sign up for every single one of them. Just pick one. I mean, we look what Mother Teresa she did in India. Just pick one. Go, just go and help someone else. Pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if you get a lot of money, mm -hmm. like you create your own foundation, doesn't matter. Right. Just say, okay, you know what? I'm stable enough today. I'm going to just help one kids. Or I'm going to help one adult mm -hmm. and just do it. We all human beings. Don't help the cat. Don't help the dogs. Yeah. They are species, but they are not human beings. So helping other human beings. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and there's so much to that uh, we could go in. Yeah, <laughs> with, I mean, with just having, uh, and there's so much joy that's brought to an individual who helps others. Yes. So people, that, I mean, you can have all the money in the world. And I know people that are very wealthy that are just absolutely miserable, miserable. because they never help anybody else. Yeah. They give the charity because they kind of, and it's not really a giving yeah, to charity. Had, yeah, he's not. It's kind of like, oh, here, here, yeah. you know, just so that people will leave me alone or yeah. I, I can pat myself on the back and go to sleep at night and not genuinely helping. And I think that um, there's so much wisdom from the older generation to give to the younger generation. And there's stuff that we can learn from the younger generation yeah. too um, that has grown up with a cell phone in their yeah. hands. So uh, it, it's just constantly a learning and constantly a helping others. And uh, one of the things that I like to do uh, is when I go through a drive through I'll pay for the people's food behind me. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, who and, did that? And I drive off. And they don't <laughs> the know who I am. That guy paid for your food. And so, uh, you know, it, it just, I'll roll forward a little bit, and then I'll see them looking back and forth, and then like, I, they'll look, and then I'll just out. drive yeah. off. And uh, you see that, you know, but you're creating joy. And what I'm hoping happens, and, and it, it's been on, uh, you know, uh, the radio or TV or whatever, uh, where it's happened where, you know, somebody pays and then the next person pays, pays for the yeah. person behind them. And so that's what I hope happens in that situation. But I know it probably doesn't happen. happen yeah. uh, but uh, there's little things that you can do for folks um, that, that are just, uh, uh, you know, amazing. You don't know what somebody else is going through. Yeah. And just a kind word, a, a touch on the arm. Uh, hello, I know that we're kind of in, in a COVID environment now, but uh, uh -huh. uh, just something of that that nature makes such a huge difference in somebody else's life. And I know that that's happened to me when I was younger and didn't yeah. have anything, and you know, just uh, diapers uh -huh. show up on the doorstep or something like that, you know, and don't know who did it. Uh, but uh, you know, that was really encouraging to, to uh -huh. me and my family. And so, yeah, just to, you're absolutely right. Encourage others. Yeah. Encourage others, help others. I mean, that would make things. the society maybe better. I, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I wish maybe I was still around and see the result and see the, how yeah. it improve my small participation. Uh -huh. 
in the whole entire dynamic and the whole entire structure right. of the world say, oh, I helped in this section. That's me. I did that. Uh-huh. You know, I'm proud of what I did. I changed something. Uh-huh. Yeah. You never know what, uh, who you're inspiring and yeah. what they will become later on in life. And mm-hmm. one word of encouragement, Once one word someone, of direction. Uh, you, uh, you old yeah. enough, you're wearing your glasses, or you're probably on a wheelchair, and someone say, hey, remember me? Say what? Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't remember you. And it bring you the whole entire speech story, and the story and then for them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Cool. Absolutely. So we all influence each other, whether it's either positive or negative. Yeah. You either positively influence everybody around you, or you're negatively pulling down everybody around you. So yeah. But when I wake up in the morning, I think uh, what I throw out there mm-hmm. before I go back to bed mm-hmm. is positive. Absolutely. Now someone Absolutely. can read that. Maybe it's negative. Uh-huh. That's good fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. well, it's been awesome having you on our uh, podcast thanks for today. Invite. Thank you so much for coming on, and I'm sure that we'll have you on in f- future episodes uh, if you'll come back to us, and uh, we'll glean from some of your wisdom and knowledge. We appreciate it, and thank you for being our guest today. And so for Career Library, I'm Chris Jones. We're signing off for today. Hope you'll join us on the next episode. If uh, want to make sure that you don't miss any of our episodes, please hit that subscribe button. In a Zoom meeting, making money is my backdrop Ballpoint bass hit, harder than a slap shot Flew out my baby, told her me like I'm Epcot Whoa, whoa, I been doing road on the go, go Get a bag and flip it, that's for sure Yeah, for sure, show. Sure. That was never talking about me Turn it down and go get you some money Turn a 10 piece to a 20 quick I got money busting out the money clip Make a call and hit another lick Someone get the money counter, I can keep on thumbing it Turn a 10 piece to a 20 quick Got money busting out the money clip. Make a call and hit another lick. Someone get the money counter, I can keep on thumbing it. Eyes on the money, my brothers got my back. Streets moving funny, so I been holding strap. Not playing defense, we been on the attack. Plotting the scheme and how we gon' get it back. Designer all on you, but you can't buy the swag. No mirrors, those fufu, I can see the tag. You can bet if I spend in this, cause I get it back. I'm Faji, your dollar, I can see the lag. All I ever wanted was to have it all. Got close, never froze, had to risk it all. As a little boy, I wish I was a little tall. Never made the league, I found other ways to let me ball. Turn a 10 piece to a 20 quick. I got money busting out the money clip. Make a call and hit another lick. Someone get the money counter, I can keep on coming in. Turn a 10 piece to a 20 quick. I got money busting out the money clip. Make a call and hit another lick. Someone get the money counter, I can keep on coming in.